What's up, family? Thank you so much for taking the time to be with uh, me here again today. And I pray that God is doing something fantastic in your lives, no matter where you are, uh, no matter what you're doing. I pray that God is moving you in you in a new and an amazing way. So for the last couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Rod has been going through the book of Daniel. I mean, the book of Daniel has uh, so many great things that, that we can learn in it. Uh, I had the opportunity to actually speak uh, to the youth in our church uh, this week. And one thing I, I, I kind of pulled out to them is that a lot of people ask us, why do we why do we need the Bible? What's the big deal about the Bible? Uh, if you're not a Christian or if even if you are a Christian, sometimes you, you wonder, like you look at some of these stories that are in the Bible and you go like, God, why are you why do you have some of these crazy stories? Like the youth uh, brought up things like uh, talking donkeys and talking bushes and people being eaten by whales. I mean, these are to the outside world. They, they look at these stories and go, why? Why does why does God uh, have these in His Word? But as I, I I like looking, especially in the Book of Daniel, this really brings it to light. Is that what God's doing? Is yes, the Bible is a book uh, all about the all about Jesus and the coming of Jesus. But uh, it it also shows us the character of God. And we can look at some of these situations and look at some of these things and go, what is the character of God? How can I, how can I reasonably expect God to act, uh, in, in certain situations? Just like if you did, if you don't, if you don't know me, but, uh, you, 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 you heard some stories about me and you, you know, a friend of mine who said, Hey man, you gotta meet this guy, Jason. And he tells you a story about me. So it gives you an idea of the kind of person that I am. Right. And that's what the Bible is, the Old Testament, the New Testament. It's all about the character of Christ. And so we have an idea of like when we're in these situations, we can understand how God is going to react and what he's going to be doing, because we've seen this throughout eternity. And God says he is he is unchanging. So we know that the things that he did in the Bible, the uh, ways he reacted to things, the, the ways he helped people, that we know that. God is looking to do that in our lives. And that when we go through situations, we can read his word and go, this is the character of uh, the God who is with me, the God who is helping me, the God who is controlling everything that is going on in my life. So we can reasonably go, I know how what God is doing. I understand that God has this plan because he did it before and he's going to do it again. So like I said, in Daniel, we, we see that uh, as Pastor Rod has been speaking about, uh, Daniel 1, uh, where Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and in Daniel, uh, they all decide to say, no, we're not going to eat what you're giving us, and we are going to uh, hold true and fast to what God has uh, asked us as a people to do, and uh, how he worked through that. And then uh, last week, about the dream and the interpretation of the dream and we can reasonably uh, see how God is can can use that because that is something that we can use in today because these are things that that we need we need revelation from God so this week I get the honor and privilege uh, to, to speak about uh, something that as, as soon as Pastor Rod asked me to speak on it I was like yeah this is this is fantastic and my mind went directly uh, 
to something that I'll, I'll get into here in a second. But uh, so this week we are going to be looking at Daniel chapter three. And I, I, I say the, the one downside for me uh, is that uh, for us to really understand it and get into uh, the word and understand what God is doing here, uh, it's going to take a lot of reading, right? Uh, because uh, in, in, in some in some chapters, some books, you can pull out a, a couple of verses here and there, and uh, you get the gist of the story. But with uh, Daniel chapter three, it's one of the things where you really need most of it to really understand what God is doing, to understand the situation, and to move into it. So. That being said, let's dive into this. So we're going to be reading uh, Daniel chapter 3, and we are going to be starting at uh, verse 1. So we'll read verse 1 to 7 to start out with you. Uh, I'll be reading from ESV, English Standard Version, but if you want to follow along with me, or it'll also be on the screen. All right, here we go. Uh, excuse me for my reading. Uh, just like Moses had Aaron, I'm still looking for my Aaron because Moses had his speech impediment. For me, I, I, I hate reading. All right, uh, it's part of my job, but I, I still hate hate to read. But here we go. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. All right. So King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent uh, to gather all the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So pretty well he called it everybody, all the top people, all his top brass said, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this big. This is a big, big thing for him. Then the satraps, the prefects and the governors, the counselors and the treasurers, the justice, the magistrates and all the officials of the province gathered for the dedication of the image uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before that image Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship immediately shall be cast into the fiery furnace." Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, uh, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. All right, we're going to stop there for a second. All right, so it's pretty obvious what's going on here. King Nebuchadnezzar had said, listen, I'm going to build this image. I think it's a great idea. He called in all his top people and said, listen, every time you guys hear music, right? Didn't say exactly what kind of music. Like, that's like most of the instruments back then, right? So every time you, you hear music, I want you to bow down and worship. Now, is that fair? Is, is that like... We look at that in, in today's day and age and go, well, what are you talking about? That's that's not just, right? But hey, guys, uh, just like they did back then, we're going to do the same thing today. We're, there's going to be injustice. There's going to be things that we look at and go, this isn't fair. This isn't the way life is supposed to be. Every time I hear uh, a, 
a, a piece of music or hear uh, an instrument being played to bow down and worship, that's not fair. And I'm guessing there was a lot of people who thought like, who had other gods that they worshiped. And they were like, this isn't fair. We shouldn't have to do this. But guess what? In the land that they were living in, they had to deal with something that was unjust. Sound like today? We're gonna come up against situations in our life, in our society, that just aren't fair, that are unjust, that we look at and go like, that's not fair, you shouldn't be making me do this. And that's gonna happen to you, that's gonna happen to me. This is part of life. So my first point I wanna bring up is, uh, you will face injustice in this life, and as we see back in the Bible day, all through history, right up until now. This is something that you're gonna have to face. There's something you're going to have to deal with at some time. There will be an injustice. There will be something that you look at and go, it's just not fair. I shouldn't have to do this. It's gonna happen in your life. All right, so let's keep keep reading on here. So we're, uh, we're gonna skip down to uh, verse 12, right? So verse 12, it says, there were certain Jews whom you had appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay you uh, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods and worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought, so that these men, uh, so they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you uh, do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Hey guys, I want to stop there for a second and go, listen. If you stand for what is right and what you know God has for you and you know what God has called you to, it's a plain and simple fact. It's going to tick people off. The world is going to hate you. People are going to be mad. People are going to be upset because you're not following what the rest of the world is doing. And the rest of the world is saying, hey, you got to fall in line and do this. And when you don't do that, when you say, no, I'm going to stand for what I know my God has, has called me to do, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young men said, no, we are going to uh, worship our God and our God alone because that is what our God has told us to do. And just like them, how King Nebuchadnezzar lost it in a complete rage. The world is going to be have a complete rage with you. They're going to hate you for what you are doing. The, I mean, Jesus says this later on that they're, they're going to hate you for loving me, for following my commandments. This isn't a shock. This isn't something new. The world is going to hate you for this. All right. Let's keep going here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your hand, um, from your majesty's hand. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of the, 
uh, image of gold that you have set up. So for me, this is this is a, a, a big, very important section because it shows uh, how we are to react to the injustices that that we are going to face. Now, uh, in this day and age, it's uh, super easy that when someone offends you or if the government is doing something that, that you don't like, that you feel is wrong, and not that you feel is wrong, that you know is wrong, that goes against everything that uh, you know to be right, that you know that God has for you. It's super easy to get loud and boisterous and belligerent and mean and say, we're going to stand against this. And we're going to be loud and proud and we're going to fight this to the very end. And I'm not saying that there isn't times where God is going to call you to do that, where God is going to call you to be loud and proud and to go out and to and to stand for him. Yes, there's going to be times in life when God's going to ask you to do that. But I'd say in most instances that God is asking you to do exactly what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did. That when they spoke to the king, they didn't they didn't speak to him with dishonor. Uh, if you read, especially in the NIV, he, they they say your Majesty. They showed him the honor and the power that he was due, and they weren't obliterant ob- ob- and and mean. But they actually stopped and said, "Oh Majesty." They called the king what uh, he was. In, in that day and age, he was the majesty, right? He was the highest power in that land under God. And to him, he was the only power in that land, right? But they, they showed him the respect that was due. And we as Christians, even when we, we are facing injustice, that doesn't give us the, the right to be mean and ugly and, and hurtful. But God is asking us to show the respect that uh, he would show people. When you, you see that when, when Jesus was uh, talking to people and, and whatnot, whether they're in sin or not, he showed them respect and he showed them love. And God is asking us to show the people around us respect and love. Even in our injustice, when when we are, are, are looking at a situation going, you know, this isn't right. God's not asking us to be mean and belligerent. God is asking us to show love. And they didn't step out and say, okay, you know, this is wrong. We're going to go and pray and party in the streets. No, it doesn't say they did that. All they did is they kept doing exactly what they were doing. They would pray. They would worship. We read later on where Daniel, uh, before he gets thrown into the lines, then later on, you know, it's he just did exactly what he always did. He just prayed like he was supposed to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, all they did is not change what they always did. They continued to do what God had called them to do. And God is asking us to just continue to do what he's asking you to do in the face of injustice. Continue to worship him. Not in a different way. Not in a way that is rude to other people and throwing it in other people's faces, but doing it exactly the way you would always do it, whether you were facing injustice or not, to continue to do what he called you to do. So God is asking us that in the face of injustice, God calls us to love and respect no matter what's going to happen. The other thing that I love about this uh, uh a section of verses is that uh, they said, you know what? No matter what happens, 
whether God chooses to uh, get us out of the situation or whether we die. We know that he can, but no matter what, what happens, we know that God is God. He has a plan for all of this. And there's so many times that we, we come up against the situation and we're like, God is going to save us from this situation no matter what. And if God doesn't save us from this situation, then he's not God. But that's not how God works. And these young men understood that, that they saw that God had a plan. Yes, God had done miracles in their lives up to this point. They had eaten what should not have made them strong and they knew that and they became stronger and smarter. And they had seen the miracles that that God had done in their lives. But they said, God, if you choose to not save us from this, we will still love you. And you are still God. That's what God is asking us to do sometimes. Is that we're going to face these situations. And... God may choose to bring us out of something and to save us and to let us not go through something. But we have to understand that there's going to be times that God is going to say, I need you to go into this fire. I need you to suffer a bit for me. Because I have a plan and I have a purpose. And I have a reason for this. And if we have our full hope and trust in God and know that God is the God of all and that he knows the beginning and the end and that everything will work out for his glory, that we just got to say, no matter what happens, I'm sticking with you, God, and I will follow you. And I will do what you call me to do. So then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They got tossed in the furnace. They got tossed in because they knew that God had a plan for them. They, they, they could have ripped to the minute that they're getting taken to the furnace going, okay, sorry, 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 stop. And they could have got scared and said, oh, wait a second, God is not getting us out of the situation. And turned around and said, no, no, we're going we're gonna to fall down and we're going to worship. And as far as they knew, that as soon as they were thrown in that fire, they were going to be burned up. But they continued to stand their course and show respect and love and say, doesn't matter I guess God's choosing for us to die for this and he has a plan and purpose throw us in so that's exactly what King Nebuchadnezzar did he heated that fire the the uh, Bible says seven times hotter but I mean really like what is seven times hotter really uh, the seven uh, in biblical times was the number of completion so it was this was pretty well saying he made that fire the absolute hottest that he possibly could I mean it was so hot that the people who took them to throw them into the fire died because it was so hot right all right so he throws them in the fire and then all of a sudden it says this in verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three uh, men bound into the fire? They answered the king and said, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they do not look and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning uh, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, within that time frame of them being in there. 
King, King Nebuchadnezzar's whole reality changed. And right from that moment on, it was the, he knew that the king of the Jews was the king of the most high God. So uh, the servants of the most high God come out, uh, come out here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had no power over the bodies of these men. The hair on their heads had not been singed. Their cloaks had not been harmed. No smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. They needed to be in that fire. If they had stopped before they had been thrown in the fire, then God would not have been able to do the miracle. God would not have been able to change King Nebuchadnezzar's heart. I'm guessing there's many other Jews who actually bowed down when they heard the music. But because these three young men decided to stand and say, no, we will respect you, but we will not go against what we know that God has called us to do. Because they stood firm in the face of destruction of their lives, this king was changed and changed forever. But they needed to go through with it. They needed to hop into that fire. Now, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we see this, right? And, and God is, and, and, and God is saying, listen, there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to suffer. There's, there's going to be situations where, where I'm going to call you to suffering, but I have a plan for your suffering. In first Peter three, verse 14, it says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. God is saying, you're going to suffer. You're going to have to suffer, but I'm going to bring a blessing out of it. Now, whether God chooses uh, to let you not be burned and to come out the other side, or like Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo said, whether he chooses for us to die or not, he's still God and he still has a plan. God is saying there's going to be times where it's going to suck, but I need you to go through this and I need you to stand firm because he has a plan and a purpose. Now, I, I, I look at this and go, you know, this is a perfect situation, uh, a perfect uh, illustration for what is happening in our, our society right now. The young people in our society are Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo on a daily basis. Because in this culture, we have something called cancel culture. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's pretty well when you speak out or say something against uh, what uh, a lot of the cultural norm says is okay, and you stand up and you say, no, I disagree with that. The society these days, uh, media, will completely shut you down and destroy you and try to erase you. And if they can't erase you, they will hurt you and destroy you as much as they possibly can. And our youth are dealing with this on a daily basis. Not just our youth, but we as adults, because we're on social media and we see things going on and we, and we see wrongs and we're called to say, hey, 
this is okay. When we know that it's not okay, there's certain things in our society that society is saying, you need to say that this is okay, that you agree with this. And we know that this is not what God has called us to, to do or to be. And when we stand up and we, and we stand against it and we don't do it in a belligerent, in an ugly way, but we just say, my God says, no, my God says that there's something different. My God says that there is something better, that we are called to something better. And when we stand for this, society is going to hate us. Young people have to deal with knowing that if they stand for Christ and that if they decide to post something about their lives, post a scripture, maybe someone will take that scripture and say, wait a second, this is a hate scripture. And we say, no, this isn't a hate scripture, but maybe culture says, no, no, no. This is speaking out against something that we've decided is not okay to speak out against. So now we're saying that you hate and they've faced the fiery furnace. They face complete destruction when our lives are lived on social media, especially in the midst of a pandemic where everything we do is based on uh, social media and Internet because we can't have the regular relationships that we normally have. And we're so based online now. And when we can get torn down and destroyed online and the, the child suicide rate in the last 10 years has skyrocketed over things like people destroying other people online that's their fiery furnace and we as a generation have to understand that this is something that our our young people are facing and our young people are having to deal with they have to face the fiery furnace every day and let me tell you young people i ask you to look at the story of shadrach meshach and abednego because yes the world's gonna hate you And you're going to go through trouble and turmoil. And there's going to be times where, yes, you're going to get thrown into that fire. But if you stand firm and know that God has a plan in this, and no matter what, God will do something great. That this world can be changed. That you standing firm can change the life of one, two, ten, ten thousand people. But how many times as we have Christians back down? And we've been called out and like, do you really believe that abortion is wrong? Or some of the other situations that are going on in this world, when you stand and say, I I, I don't believe this is right. And my faith says that God says something completely different. And then the world says, wait a second, you can't say that. You should change exactly what you say. And how many times do we as Christians go, oh, I better not say anything else. I could get destroyed. I could get burned. And God is saying, please stand for me. Stand firm in the faith that uh, I've given you. Stand firm in that. And if we do... God has a plan to change someone's life. But how many times have we not? Have we backed down? Have we said, okay, I've heard the music. I'll bow down to the altar. Because we're right at that cusp of the fiery furnace. And we look at it and go, oh, I guess God didn't want me to do that. So we step back. But God is actually saying, no, no, no. I need you in that furnace. Because without you being in that furnace, my power will not be shown. 
There's a life out there that will not be changed. That because you did not write down, God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. Because you chose not to write that. Somebody didn't see it. And the plan that God had for their life, maybe it's going to take a little bit longer. But God is asking us to look at the situation and go, this is my character. This is what I did for them. And I didn't just do it for them. I did it for them. And I'm showing you that I want to do it for you. That my character says that, yes, you will suffer, but I will be there with you. I will be that fourth in the fire. That when they are tearing you down online, when they are trying to destroy you, when it feels like everyone hates you, guess what? There's someone sitting beside you. There's someone sitting in you saying, I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm reading all these comments with you. And I'm in this fire with you. God is looking to be in the fire with you. In this world of cancel culture, where the world tries to tear us down and destroy us, God's saying, I'm here with you, but I need you to stand firm in my word. Can we as a church, can we as a people stand firm knowing that God has a plan for what he's doing and that whether we get thrown into the furnace or God stops us from being thrown into the furnace, that God has a plan and he will be with us and he will change lives through the things that he's called us to do. So I pray this week that God opens up his heart to you and that you look for an opportunity to stand firm and that if you are in the midst of a fiery furnace, God is with you. There's a fourth in that fire. There's someone sitting with you going, I love you. Thank you. I'm here. And I have a plan. So know that God is with you. Look for an opportunity to stand. And be respectful. Show the respect that God is asking us to respect for everybody. That we can stand for him, but we can stand for him in a respectful manner. God's not looking for Christians to be hateful and belligerent. He's asking us to be loving and caring while still standing for everything that he has. Thank you so much for taking the, the time to be with me here today. I pray that God's moving in your, in your life and in your heart and that God is doing something great and that you look this week for an opportunity to stand for Christ no matter what may come, but to stand for him and to make a difference. I pray that God moves in you and that can, he continues to help you. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic week. God bless and I love you.